Function. So honey, get it straight up, be on your roll up, and just skate. My stuff was fast like a rash, then it gets you itching. My flow was crisp yeah. like a bucket full of chicken. Come on, the beat like pottery. Lyrics flow like blood through the arteries. You got more rounds and numbers in the lottery. You ready, Lunger? <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Wait, um, wait, hold on. We, we got to start off the right way because we, we just jump into it. You, you, you know, how, you, you, know, you want to know how many listeners we had on our last podcast? 15. Seven. Seven strong. Dude. Seven strong? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, seven strong. Seven against the world, baby. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I'm Bad News Ramen. You're better have my donuts. I am. And, uh, you know, you, you, gotta, you gotta start promoting, dude. You know, what, what happened to all your promoting skills that you used to have, dude? <laughs> what, 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 what? I retweeted. <laughs> I retweeted. <laughs> I, I gotta, uh, I think, I think the key is I gotta, Whenever we re- record one and drop one, I gotta send it to Giant Mecha Machine because I think he like <laughs> he tweets it around. Yeah, yeah, he tweets it so, out. So we get two more followers, two yeah. more listeners. There we go. Yep. No, nah, but he he now nah, he actually DM'd me a couple weeks ago and asked like where, where our podcasts were when, when we had to record it for a couple of weeks. So you got a fan. Dude. I do. He's a, he's a, he's a good listener. So thank you, yeah. Giant Mecha Machine. Yeah, I shouldn't be bagging on people, but hey, I wouldn't be bad news wrong if I didn't do it. So I I apologize. Thank you for listening. Hey, because you know what? Even if we reach seven people. That's seven people that have seen the light, that, yes. that that know that know the strength. That's the second time I've used this word today too. Strength. Strength. Yeah. Not strength. Not 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 dead left shrimp. No, but, but the strength. strength. And, yes. and not strength, but strength. Yes. Although we could use a dead left shrimp right now, Dean. God, that guy can ball, Dean. Yes. I, I like that guy. Underrated. Underrated. Could shoot from the outside. Could hit the three. He was. And he had a good post game too. He was Dirk Nowitzki before Dirk Nowitzki. Yeah, he he was he was Drossen Petrovich before Drossen Petrovich, but with, with but with height he was he was Pear Steamer before Pear Steamer was Pear Steamer. And if you know who Pear Steamer is, I'd be pretty impressed. I don't know who Pear Steamer <laughs> there is. There you go. You got look it up. I know who Uwe Blob is. <laughs> yeah, he, he was no Uwe Blob. <laughs> no. Uwe, Uwe Blob had the best. He had the best defensive back stance. down of all time. It's like man, could he back down the guy in the paint? Yeah. <laughs> could he could he position himself for a rebound, dude? Oh, yeah. He couldn't get the rebound. He couldn't get it, but, but he, he could position it himself. For it. So, all right. It's a new day. Yes, it is. I can't believe I just did that. So, what, what's on the what's on the table? What's on the topic of discussion today? Are, are we gonna Are we gonna be like every other podcast and break down like the the shakeup and and go? Was this good? Is that good? I mean, we're not gonna do that today, are we? That was your whole uh, that was your whole plan today, wasn't it? <coughs> no, I didn't really. <laughs> Thank you for that one. Yes, yeah. you made it. Three minutes in before your first cop. Yes. Um, I mean, I, I think that that some time should be spent on that um, because, I mean, that was the biggest thing to come out of. Uh, you know, they positioned that as the big thing that was going to happen this week, and, and I think it was. Um, I mean, I don't necessarily want to break it down, like, person for person, um, but I think I think it's worthy of discussion. Like, I think, you know, to look at uh, some of the, the, the people moving position and, if that's good uh, going forward for Bram, but I mean, probably shouldn't sit here and talk about it the whole time. Well, what was like, what was the biggest one? Like, so the the biggest one was probably Charlotte, right? Probably. I, I mean, I think she, yeah, I think 
her or or owns. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, mm -hmm. owns was big. I mean, and that's kind of like the. I think Owens. I think that's a good move to put Owens with SmackDown, just because you look at once again, like you look at that, you look at the main event they had with AJ. And who's the other guy that they have? Baron Corbin. Baron Corbin. Yeah. yeah, so I forgot about Corbin. But yeah, the only thing, I, yeah, the only thing I really don't like is Zane, though, right? right? I mean, like Zane had to go, but at the same time, it's like it'd be interesting to see, like, what are they going to do with with Zane and um, oh man, I'm tired, dude. With Zane and uh, Kevin Owens, you know, like, I mean, are they going to re reunite that, or are they going to start looking at? I mean, that that was that was kind of the direction I wanted to go in. Is like, I don't I don't mind if Owens got moved i don't mind if sammy Zayn got moved but i think it's time that they move off of owens and Zayn being on the same show yeah. and i think you know, kind of to compare it to the other name we brought up charlotte it's like i think they got to a point where it made sense to set, split sasha banks and charlotte because they have such a story history that it's hard to move forward in storyline and and have them not being on the same show but not being involved with one another I think Owens and Zayn is the same thing. It's like, it's a crutch that they go back to. Not a trope, but it's a crutch, a crutch that they keep going back to that, well, if we don't know what to do with these guys, we'll just make them fight each other. And and I want to see, you know, what Zayn can do. I know what Owens can do, but I want to see what Zayn can do to have an extended run that you don't have to every month and a half send him back to fighting Kevin well, Owens again. Can can Zayn have an extended run? I mean, that's like the whole thing. It's like, and here's the, I, I don't, I like I, it's not like I go back and forth on him, but I don't see like, you know, is this guy ever going to be over? You know, like, is, is he going to be is he going to be a main player? And I just don't know if he will. It's like I I feel like they don't know what to do with him, um, and I think it hurts him in the ring. It's like it's it's kind of like the whole thing like when Jericho before Jericho went on this monster run, you know, it's like everything that Jericho did in the ring, even though I respected Jericho, it's like yeah, but what's this what's the story here? Like what's the storyline here? And just like him kind of being this vanilla baby face. It just it doesn't it doesn't work. It's like I have no interest in the guy because of lack of storyline and just kind of like the whole like oh where do I belong? It's like dude who cares? You know it's just it's not his it's not through any fault of his own. It's just the it's just like the booking. Right. Know? Well, and and that was one of the things that you wanted to talk about. Well, yeah, because the like a month ago. So we're, we're on the same page. Yes. Yeah. A, mo a month ago. I did. You said that Sami Zayn was the barometer of how good Raw Raw was, and now he's on SmackDown. So I was gonna kind of see take the temperature because um Mike. You know, you you compare to that Chris Jericho run. For me, I think, I think I see a lot of parallels with Sami Zayn and Daniel Bryan, and that like he was over with he's over with the crowd. And he's a smaller guy. The people want to see him win and go on a run, but it doesn't seem like the um, the creative wants to. They want to let him go so far, but but not really. I I think that's a huge stretch. I don't think he's over. I mean, I, I think he's respected. But he's not over like that. He, he's he, not. I'm not saying he's over like Daniel Bryan. Yeah. But he's over with the crowd. In I, the, I don't. I don't. I don't think so. I think. I think they want. They want to see. They him. want to see him. They want to see him. He's, he's, they want he's to see as him over win. with the crowd as Dolph Ziggler is over with the crowd. Right. I mean, it's kind of like the same. It's kind of like the same thing. It's like both these guys are respected. Everybody wants to see them on an extended run, but they're not. They don't get vocal enough to say like, you know, this is garbage. So where, where Daniel Bryan was like totally different. Like you know, Daniel Bryan had a ton of. Heat, you know, good heat, bad heat, and but it okay. It took it took Daniel Bryan a while before he started ascending to the level that he got to, right? So there was like an upswing where people liked him and wanted to get behind him, but 
creative didn't want to get behind him, so it took a while. It was like a slow build for him, right? If you want to say Ziggler and Zayn are about the same right now, that could be true, but I'd say that Zayn is more on the ascension, where Ziggler's kind of on the decline. Um, not, not. Although, although a Nakamura versus Ziggler right. would, not, would do wonders. Yeah, and not in, not in my eyes. I'm just saying, like, you know, he'd been, Ziggler's been to probably his peak, and he's on the downside of that based on what it looks like. Gonna, oh, my foot. Yeah. What it looks like they're going to give Sami Zayn, you could still say, has, there's potential that, that he could be booked. He has, he has a potential, he has, yeah, he has a potential to be the next Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> right. You know, and, and that's and that's what you know. That's what I'm worried about. You know, you have. He also, but he he also does have the potential, maybe to be a Daniel Bryan type. Yeah, he could. But the, but. The, but what I don't see from Zayn is you know you know you never know. I mean, he was very successful in the Indies, and that's like the one thing that Daniel Bryan did was like Daniel Bryan put himself out there. It was kind of a case where he got. I felt Daniel Bryan got lost in the shuffle. And he was able to, to take chances or risks that normally they they wouldn't allow people to do. But I think you know, I, I sometimes there's there's a part of me that really thinks and really looks at the success. And here I go again, dude. I mean, there's that dead horse. And but at least it's a good dead horse. It's not a John Cena dead horse. I think WWE looked at what happened to CM Punk and Daniel Bryan. It was something that they could not control. And I think there is a there is a thing with WWE right now is that that's never going to happen again, right? Like they got stuck with two guys that they didn't want to push. You know, they didn't have control. And I think, you know, as, as there's a lack of competition, as Vince gets older, as Triple H gets bigger, I mean, they, they want to control all facets of, I mean, and people seem to forget, you know, you're, you're going to, you're going to talk about Triple H and, you know, this and this, and the guy was part of the click, right? I mean, one, one of the, one of the worst backstage groups of all time in terms of control and, and trying to run things their own way. And that's supposed to change like that. So Zane, the thing that I see is that Zane will never have the amount of freedom that say Daniel Bryan did. I don't think Zane can catch lightning in a bottle and they explode with it. I think I think the WWE is so here here's the thing. The WWE is so controlling and they have the right superstars in place where they can be very controlling and they have guys that can still get over. And that's kind of the you know, you have Kevin Owens that has been successful in that thing because he's a heel. Well, I don't think a babyface can be successful doing that unless it's a, a tailor-made gimmick or a tailor-made phrase that WWE will allow. So, in, in the in the analysis here, we're saying that part of the reason why they will always keep those guys on the same show is because I, I'm not saying that, but you can you can expand on what you on what you think. If if Zayn starts to gain too much momentum or or something like that, they can always throw him back and, and have uh, and have Kevin Owens uh, put him back in his place or something along those lines. I, I would I wouldn't that that's not the direction I was going, but I can definitely see that, and that's a problem unto itself because as good as Kevin Owens is, it's like I really don't care about another Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn feud, right? Like I right. Didn't, I didn't care about the first one, and 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 yeah, you know what they were. They were good, you know. They were good matches, but at the same time, it's like, you know, it's not something that I'm gonna like clamor for and go like, you know, even though you can dust it off all the time, it's like it's not something I want to see dust it off. I've seen that match, right? And and I think the only thing that could make me invest in it again would be separation of the two, and then a year or so, two years down the line, you put them back together. Yeah. Now we see where they've grown. 
and now we see what. Yeah, is. because I mean, they're they're I mean, when they're on this, when they're on Raw, and they're on two totally different levels, you know, two totally different things. You know, you know Zayn's doing his thing, Kevin Owens is doing his thing, and that's when Zayn started taking off. And but, but then it's just like there's. He he's taken off in a way because he's put on good matches, but then they put him in the exact same storyline. He's like, oh, do I belong? Do I do? It's like, dude, who cares? You know, like just, just be quiet. You know, like show me some good matches, and that's. That's just kind of like the, the, the whole thing. Like, right, you know, it's like you have all these other wrestlers and Zayn can definitely be like a wrestler. I mean, Zayn, I mean, hell, I mean, Nakamura versus Zayn was a great match, right? It's like, okay, so do that. I mean, there's, you want to talk about organic ways for someone to get over. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the number one organic way for someone to get over is put is, is put him in a match and he does great in a match and all of a sudden it's like, well, this guy's really good. And then we can work on his character. Or even if we need, we don't have to work on his character. We can give him a push per se. But as it is right now, it's like all I, all I'm seeing is crappy, crappy promos or, or just bad like backstage stuff, you know, with him. And then you're gonna put him in a four way match. You know, it's like okay, that was a good triple threat. Yeah, what, yeah, but but you know what I'm saying? It's like like he's 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 in a lot of like he, yeah. he hardly ever does. Right. Singles, and when he does a singles, he's gonna lose anyways. Right. Yeah. Well, they put him against someone that's 200 pounds bigger than him. And then he goes and shows all the heart, and he gets beaten again. Yeah. But that said, him, I, I liked it. I like in that in that triple threat, him and him and AJ showed some really yeah, great course. chemistry. And yeah. So you know, like if you want to do that, as long as get him away from Owens, is all I'm saying. Yeah. Like, get him away from Owens and get him away from Baron Corbin. Like, there's no way that Baron Corbin should be in that triple threat match, right? And there's there's no way that he should be involved right now with with any of that stuff. And like Corbin has a place. Don't get me wrong, but. Why are you gonna Why are you gonna take away from me? Like you know, AJ Styles versus Kevin Owens. I want to see that, right? I mean, uh, Zayn versus AJ Styles. I want to see that. You know, Nakamura versus Styles. Nakamura versus Ziggler. You know, Zayn versus Ziggler. Mm-hmm. And that's a story right there. Yeah, and all those matches could be great, and that could be great for SmackDown. But I would prefer that no Kevin Owens uh, anywhere near. Right. <laughs> anywhere near Sami right. Zayn. I would prefer you either move Zayn to SmackDown and leave Owens where he was, or if you thought that the best move was to move Owens to SmackDown and let Zayn stay on Raw and let him see what he can do. Because now that they've switched um, U.S. and Intercontinental um, titles, then you know you could bring in um, Dean Ambrose. Dean Ambrose came in with Intercontinental. Yeah. Like you could have you could have that feud, or you could have, you know that yeah. that that was something that could be compelling, right? Yeah. No, I mean, it, I, I think long term. I mean, it's funny, like. I felt that they were doing the shakeup because Raw was missing some elements, but I think they gave more elements to SmackDown again, you know, and that's kind of like the thing. It's like SmackDown definitely has more interest for me at one because Nakamura's there, but at the same time, it's like you, you bring in the Kevin Owens. You didn't need to bring in Kevin Owens. I mean, I think Kevin Owens stays on Raw. I think he's fine staying on Raw. Like you didn't need to do that switch. Uh, I felt Ambrose definitely had to go to Raw just because he, you know, over the past like two months, he's kind of, I feel like he got lost in the shuffle with his thing with Corbin. And I think it's a case, too, where Corbin maybe needs to be in the land of the Giants, which the Raw, which Raw kind of offers. Do you see any point to swapping the Intercontinental and U.S. titles? No. You think they should have kept them as they were? Uh, I, I, think, I think you need to have... I think you need to have... So here, here's, here's what I kind of took from it, is that I felt that they wanted to establish, once again, that, you know, here's the thing. Raw's three hours. They get more money from Raw than they do with SmackDown. So I think they, I think they had in mind that they wanted to make sure that people knew that SmackDown was the B show, 
but they're gonna get they're gonna give you certain people that you know that you're gonna like like you know here's the thing is like they put enough strong personalities people that have proven themselves on Raw New Day Charlotte and Kevin Owens where where they can say like well you know like they can tell advertisers like well hey you know like but look like you have these top stars and, and they're gonna carry it and it also gives these guys an opportunity to really they, they've already proven themselves on Raw but they still haven't reached that next level right like I, I think it's well known that Charlotte's probably one of the best athletes on the, on the entire roster mm -hmm. but they, they I think they're giving her a test I, I think they, they need to show up that women's division they need to make that women's division relevant and Charlotte Charlotte instantly does that and I think with Kevin Owens it's like Kevin Owens you know was he was option B when Finn Balor was option A, he did he did very well. I mean, if you think about it, Chris Jericho was his mouthpiece, right? And you know, and Kevin Owens doesn't need a mouthpiece, but it's like, well, let's put him with Chris Jericho. He's a known commodity. We we have a feud when we can do it. Now you put Kevin Owens, and you can see what this guy can do. And my whole thing is like, go for it. I have no problem with that. Especially if you if you're gonna if you're gonna start doing those package power bombs, I'm all for it, dude. You know, so it's I, I liked it, but at the same time, it's it's it, it you know you need I think. WWE is used to having like the main title and intercontinental title on the same show. And it was just kind of a case where it's like, I think it's the intercontinental title becomes more powerful on Raw than it would ever would on, on SmackDown. Yeah, I can see that being true. And then I think also you have a case where Brock Lesnar is the universal champion. He's not going to be on television um, very often. So the top title that you have probably eight out of ten times is going to be the intercontinental, which has more cachet than the U.S., my only problem with it was I felt like you had a guy like you had guys like Corbin and others that were kind of establishing himself in this intercontinental title hunt, and you just kind of yanked it out of you kind of yank it out from under um, no and out of nowhere. So maybe it can be good. Like we'll see what the mix is, because you know, like now if I think about it, maybe maybe you have Finn Balor go for that intercontinental title, and then maybe he becomes like the main. Yeah, the main guy. I mean, he's he's a perfect guy to carry that. Right. Team. I just felt like, honestly, I thought I thought, and I'm not some big Corbin Mark, but I thought Corbin definitely should have won that Intercontinental title at uh, WrestleMania, and I think now you, you he's just kind of in limbo in SmackDown, and because I think you're gonna go with a match with AJ against uh, Kevin Owens for the United States Championship. Either one of those guys could or should be like the world champion on 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 SmackDown. So I really don't see how Corbin like stays in the picture there. So I think there's something. I'm not saying he's ready yet, but there's something with him, and I think theoretically a a U.S. title run would be good for him. But I don't think it's legitimate for him to beat any of those guys you have going for the United States title right now. Yeah, especially with with, yeah, with all the big marquee names, and then my my whole thing is like, well, why are these guys vying for the U.S. championship? I'm like, you have a new champion in in a. Uh, Randy Orton, mm -hmm. and with Bray, Bray being gone, and you know, like he's kind of in limbo right now, but he's going to go to Raw. Um, yeah, it's, and that's so. Who's who's going to buy? Uh, who's going to go against Randy Orton? Right? Would be yeah. the question if you have all your top guys. And and my and my whole thing is like, is Randy Orton the right guy? I mean, here's I mean, listen, if 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 Randy Orton is who he says he is. And if, if I can get all Denny Green on you, if he if he's the guy, if he's like your top guy, he doesn't hold a candle to anybody that anybody anybody that the people that open up that show, Randy Orton doesn't hold a candle to him. And then that's just kind of like the whole thing. It's like my whole thing is like, why don't you have AJ be the champion? I mean, AJ is tailor made for that championship because he's the best worker and he has a ton of charisma as well. 
It's like Randy Orton. What did you just? What did you say? I know that's what I'm saying. Can you believe that I said that? AJ Styles has a ton of charisma. I, I, I never thought I'd hear those words coming. But out the, am, am I wrong? No. I mean, my back. You know. No, I was. You know, I was like Paul Heyman over here. I was the advocate for AJ uh, Styles for many years. Please, please, please. Nah, I, nah, I didn't care for him. But I said he was. I always said he was a good worker. You always say he's a good worker. I, I, I was the one that came out of the woodwork first and said that that this guy's working and, and he and he's good on the mic. And you're like, ah, I don't know. You're all wishy washy. No, nah, he, he wasn't great on. He's gotten he's gotten much better as it's gone on. His character's his character's been developed. Yeah, and, yeah. He, yeah, and he knows who he is. He knows who he is. Yes. Um, there's something I wanted to talk about, and I'm going to stall right now so I can I can talk about it. Now, now I know what I want to talk about because I'm, I'm done with the shakedown. You done with the shakedown? Hey, shake up. Shake it. No, I like the shakedown better. It's a shakedown. It's a shakedown, man. They're shaking everybody down. Not to get down. You eat something to watch that show. Nope. <laughs> you refuse to watch that show. No, I don't refuse. I just haven't. I just haven't done it. Um, so here's what I want to talk about. And it's not I'm not stalling anymore. I just I want to frame it in a way. And it it really this really kind of there's a lot of things that I don't like about the WWE. There's a lot of things I don't like about the WWE, but I've always had like this Pandora's box where I close it just in time because I, I have hope, right? That's the one thing as a wrestling fan, at least in this day and age for us, is like you have this hope that things are going to get better, right? And then I think they are, man. You know, they have, they're, they're getting all the top wrestlers. They're getting all the top indie wrestlers. They're making their own stars. So things are getting better. The one area that they will never be good at and they'll never be good at and the one chance where they could have been good at is Ronaldo. And, and I can't believe that they would let some... And maybe you have new news. Maybe you have new breaking news, because I haven't been keeping up on the news. But I don't know how you have you have some some guy that is terrible on the mic. Does sounds like he's asleep half the time. Has no idea what the storyline is. Is what is a shell of his former self? Because he actually used to be decent when he first started in JBL. I don't know how you allow JBL to kick out probably the best play by play guy this side of um, Jim Ross in his prime. And I, I would even venture to say that I think Ronaldo was better than Jim Ross in his prime. And I like Jim Ross. But Ronaldo was it, dude. I mean, Ronaldo was like the one guy. Like, I used to watch SmackDown to hear his, his commentary. And now I'm stuck again with Tweedledee and Tweedledum. It's like you have Michael Cole and you have a guy that looks like Michael Cole. And both of them suck the same. Yes. If, if not, Michael Cole's sucking worse. And, and the whole thing is that the guy probably sent, sent a picture of his penis to Michael Cole. That's the same guy, right? Yes. Yeah, there we go. Tom Phillips. Tom Phillips. I don't, yeah, I, I don't think I don't know that he sent the dick pic, but um, he claimed he wanted to fuck someone's face. Yes. Um. Like I, I have no problem with wanting to do that, right? Like, that's not the issue I have, you know. But I'm just saying. Yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with yeah, that. Not, <laughs> not, nothing at all. Um. I mean. So I'm gonna go with semantics real quick before I agree with you. Okay. And say that I. Don't think exactly that it's that JBL kicked out Mauro Ronaldo, but um, I think just to be more um, accurate here, the question because is you're a journalist, right? Um, you're, you're a journalist this side of Bobby Heaton, right? It's because uh, I teach language arts and I'm, I'm very uh, semantical. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the question is how does you, you know you, you haven't looked you haven't looked at my ceiling like in. Two months, dude. I was waiting for you to look at the ceiling when you were thinking about what you wanted to talk about. Okay, go ahead. Right, so this is hey, you know what? We're dealing with semantics right. right now, okay? 
yeah. when it wrote. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, how do you as a corporate make the decision that you're going to back up JBL over Marl Renault, right? Um, so there's um, a long sordid history of, you know, JBL as a bully in that locker room. Especially with Tully Blanchard. You bullied Tully Blanchard? Did, did he bully, bully Tully yeah. also? Yeah. Because it's funny, like, all this stuff been coming out of the woodwork, all these old, like, JBL bullying stories, so I've read several of them in the past week. I did not see anything about Tully Blanchard. Um, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not calling you out. I'm saying I just never, I never heard of it, but I wouldn't mind hearing that story. Um, yeah, like, especially if you're a company that have a whole anti-bullying campaign. campaign. Yeah, rise above hate. Right. And, and aside from that, yeah, it's like, just from a talent standpoint, it's like, Marlon Nalo is the talent. And he was a big reason why SmackDown Live was beating Raw in the beginning. And it was a big reason. Like, when I watched SmackDown... Um, you finally said, like, well, I'm actually going to listen to some good commentary for right. a change. yes. And it's like, I would I would sit there and listen instead of, like, sometimes, you know, I'll listen to music while I'm watching wrestling because I don't want to hear the broadcast. And sometimes I'll... What, what do you listen to? Some Al Green? Some Teddy Pendergrass? On some of that old Al Green shit. <laughs> Say it. Um, so... Or I'd listen to music, or the like just <laughs> fast fast forward a lot of. The that, that, that's fitting because you know, like Tom Phillips and, and then yeah, I do it all through. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. Okay, um, sorry. So I would fast forward a lot just to get to the parts I wanted to see. But when when Ronaldo was on the call, I didn't want to miss anything. I wanted to hear all those calls. I actually pissed me off that like uh, yesterday, and I can't even remember. I think it was the AJ Styles match. He did the Ushikaroshi, and then you got like Phillips trying to call Ushikaroshi and, and JBL, who always mocked the idea of, use, of calling a, a Japanese uh, wrestling move by its name. Him trying to call Ushikaroshi, and it just like it pissed me off. It's like, it's like you have enough like bad vanilla broadcasters and straight up shill broadcasters. This guy brought something new and unique to the table that you haven't seen in wrestling since since JR was calling stuff straight up. And and then you get rid of it and it just it, it sucks because like he was a breath of fresh air. Yeah. And, and I think I think people seem to forget. Or maybe people never knew about it, or maybe we approach it in a different way. But I don't think we get into wrestling as much. Because it was so it was so circus act. You know, a lot of stuff is circus act, circus act. I don't think we get into wrestling without a Gorilla Monsoon and a Jesse the Body Ventura. And, and a like, Bobby Heenan. And a Bobby Heenan. So it's like these guys, when you're watching a really bad match, could actually like have a very, you know, like sometimes their conversation was way better than the match that you were watching. But it, they were enhancement talent. They enhanced the match. And that's like the whole thing is like, you know, even Vince McMahon to a small part, you know, he was, you know, you could question him on the mic, but he was entertaining. And, and he surrounded himself with entertaining people. Yeah, the back and, and, and forth with yeah. him and, and Jesse Ventura was good. And then even like, you know, with the King, you know, like that, that worked too. Is like, is, and that's like, I don't know how, if you started, started in the company as an announcer and you realize that your announcing team isn't good and that's what's lacking. I mean, can you just imagine if Raw actually had a good announcer? I mean, what when was it ever a case where... Here's, here's what I don't understand, right? It's like, these wrestlers 
claw and fight their way to like become wrestlers in the WWE, right? There are way better announcers, Don West aside, that are better than Michael Cole. Oh my God! How the heck does Michael Cole just waltz in and become this man, become an announcer when he's not that good? Are you okay with mediocrity? I mean, he is the problem. He is the problem in the world today. He is, he is, he's been the problem for the past 20 years in the U.S. A mediocre guy getting the, getting the biggest spot in, in, in wrestling commentating history, right? Out throughout, you know, it's like the big, it's, it's like, it's like Tony Romo, like getting a CBS job, right? Like, I don't know who Tony Romo is. I mean, in terms of how he's going to be as a, as a commentator, but that, that is like a, a, a prime job. And Tony Romo broke his back many a time to get that job. And this guy just, I mean, what, what has he done? He hasn't done anything. He was, he was a comedic foil for The Rock. That was the only time he was ever good. And it had nothing to do with him. He, he can't play heel. He, he, he can't dance. You know, Nicole, Nicole Simpson's white. I want justice, dude. I mean, the, and you're right. Like, that whole thing's a problem. But I think... The, the real problem. The real, the real problem is... You're, you're, you're taking it back to the essence, right? Yeah. Every, I, I went off on a tent. Yes. Everything yeah. everything is so corporatized at this point. And what you have in Michael Cole and pretty much... Uh, so there, here's there's, I'll say there's two problems here, okay? One is that it's more important for McMahon to have someone that can be his bitch on air and do all the reads that he wants and say exactly what he's going to say and not have any backbone um, or you know, have to show any kind of talent because all he's there to do is make sure the, the reads get done on time, they go in and out of break. I mean he doesn't know he doesn't know the moves. Like he doesn't you know, everything's a throw, right? He doesn't he doesn't know anything about the product really. But he can he can read all the advertisements he needs to read and, and get in and out of break all the all the time. And and that's really what McMahon wants him to do. Well, but that's not just Michael Cole either. Everybody else does the exact same thing. I right, mean, but but because is there a difference between Saxton and, and no. the, the dude that's married to Jennifer Hudson? There's no difference no, between those no, the, the one guy that has any ounce of maybe having something is Graves. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I'm sorry to cut you off. Okay, so that's that's part of it, right? It's like it's very cookie cutter broadcaster, and like Phillips is the straight carbon copy of what Michael Cole is, right? The other problem, and and this is like a within the industry problem I see, is that the people that are like, and I understand it to a certain degree, and you know I give even credit to especially a guy like Mario Ronaldo, right? When he first got the job, and you know he's very active on Twitter, and everyone's like, "Oh, you're great," you know, we like what you're doing. I love hearing you over having to listen to Cole. And very every single time he'd say, you know, I'm never going to say anything bad about my broadcast partners. And I think that's a very admirable thing, and especially for him working there at the time. And, you know, within any kind of industry, you don't want to, like, you don't want to shit on, like, your, your colleagues. However, like, I feel like they'll go to JR now. Like, very many times, JR is always backing up how good Michael Cole is. And people don't understand how hard his job is, and he's so good at it. And how many times will will Jr. go to go to bat and say how great Tony Schiavone was? I mean, these guys suck, and it's like you're you're really you're protecting them, and I understand why you're doing it, but nothing will ever change for the better unless people call a spade a spade sometimes. And 
they will indirectly say things like, you know, the broadcasting isn't as good as it was, but will never directly say coal is, is a part of that or things like this. So I think there's the whole corporate side of it where they're trying to keep everything safe and vanilla. No one's, con no one's controversial. And then that way, as a corporation, WWE doesn't have to come out apologizing for things that people say. But it makes for a stale and bland product. And then you don't have people that come that actually know what good broadcasting is and come out and say, "Hey, this needs to be better." Yeah, well, I think the I, I think as a whole, there's there's I mean, if you want to get bigger about it, there's there's a lack of broadcasters everywhere, right? I mean, like, you, we no longer have like these, you know, we don't have, and you know, people can say that Madden was loopy towards the end of his career, right? But even like a guy like Pat Summerall, like when Pat Summerall and John Madden were in their prime, there's nobody better. You, you can even go as far as and talk about, you can say the same thing about Bob Uecker, right? I mean, it's like you, you had, there was a time where people made a living off of their broadcasting skills. And it's a case now where it's like it, the market's so flooded, they need so many people. I just don't, I just don't know how there's no competition there. And, 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 and listen, listen, Michael Cole, Michael Cole is a very smart individual. I mean, it, 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 it takes a lot to suck that bad and still hold on to your spot. So, you, you know, and I don't mean that in a mean way. I mean, yeah, I do mean it in a mean way, but there's a lot of truth to it, right? Like, he has done enough machinations in the back where he is protected and he's set for life. There, there's a thing where you have, you know, you talk about, you know, reading reading the advertisements and, and reading all that stuff. Rinaldi did the exact same thing. And Rinaldi did it 100 times better. And the whole thing is like, I'm more apt to do something that Rinaldi tells me than some bumpkin like Michael Cole does. So just, and, and, then, I, and then it's like, then I have to listen to JBL who has no credibility whatsoever. And he does, he, he doesn't, he, I mean, he, tr I don't even know what his role is there because he doesn't even say anything anymore. You know, he, he'll just like play the heel role for like no reason. It's like, as, as bad as you hated the King and, and as much as we liked Jesse the Body Ventura, the King, you know, the King in his prime, okay? I was, like early yeah. heel King. Heel King to face JR worked. That was gold. When they turned Lawler face, it fell flat and it was terrible. And, and then you see, then you got, you got the land of like him trying to bust jokes that don't make any sense. Right. They're just like it's like listening to a Triple H promo, right? right. This, this is an A and B conversation. Why don't you see yourself out of it? Yeah. And you're going like, Triple H, come on, dude. But even the, even to go further into what made um, Jerry Lawler work was it was it was before they went PG. It was like really Attitude Era, and he could say some. He was allowed to say some very questionable some stuff that he. he Absolutely could not say on television today, but the environment of that early 2000s, like you could make like crass sexual jokes and it was, it was acceptable. Um, and it worked. It was, it was, it was on the edge, but he did, he did well at that. But can, 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 you, can you think that if, J, if JBL had that freedom that he could make crass sexual jokes? No, I don't. He, I mean, he'd probably make like some like five-year-old kid sitting behind him cry. Yeah. No, right? I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't think he can. I'm just saying this is what worked in that yeah. time. And once they transitioned into a PG era and then therefore had to go baby face for Lawler, it, it just, it couldn't work anymore. They just, you know, the other thing too is you look at, you look at what, who can you draw from as wrestling commentators, right? It's like you had Gorilla, right? Gorilla Monsoon, who was an entity done to himself. I mean, I'm not saying that Gorilla Monsoon was the best ever, but he was Gorilla Monsoon. And he was he was good, right? I mean, yeah, I think he was I mean, up there with the best ever. Yeah, and, and you know, I mean, he he witnessed a lot of miscarriages in his life. You know, I don't know how he wasn't a wasn't a doctor by the end of his career, 
with all the miscarriages that he saw. Well, he wouldn't. He would have been hit with a bunch of malpractice. <laughs> That's true. Uh, he probably would have been bullied out. But you know, and, and you get you then you'd have guys like Alfred, you know, and you know, like I think Gene would, was every now and then would do some stuff. But I don't know, dude. I I just it's it's like it, it sucks because the one guy that I would actually want to watch, like to tell you the truth, like New Japan, it's fine. I watch it. But it hasn't been the same. It since hasn't been the same left. since since Morrow left. Morrow made that show, and that's why he got hired. And the whole thing he made SmackDown too. He right. made SmackDown watchable again. Right. And you put him on Raw, and I think you take off. I mean, I would I would listen. I would sit there and listen to Ronaldo for three hours. No problem. No problem. And now now it's like you know because Michael Cole is he's just background noise. So there we go. Yes. All right. right. You don't you don't find me um, switching to start playing music while Morrow Ronaldo is calling a wrestling. Turn off the lights. Turn out the lights. Huh? The party's over. Ted, Teddy Pendergrass? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, and Char- Charlie Murphy died. Isn't that bad? Yeah, man. I couldn't believe that. Do you, yeah. Do you know what were the circumstances? Yeah, cancer. Ah. Yeah. And, and then, and then J- the, the guy from Jay Giles' band, he died too. Yes, I heard them <laughs> talking about that on Rome yeah, yesterday. He, he had to cut it off. He's like, he, he had to put a moratorium on it. <laughs> He did. <laughs> <laughs> well, he did. He's no, like, I because it was it was getting pretty bad. It was, yeah. You know, yes. It, it wasn't. It wasn't funny. No. 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 Um. Um. Well, shoot, shoot, man. Like, I was kind of. I mean, I did want to get into that whole JBL and and Marlon Ronaldo discussion, but I thought we might get into it later on when we did a segment. Okay. Um. So. Do you want to jump into that segment now? Since what what segment what segment are you talking about? The uh, the uh, are you a jabroni? You know, you, you know what, chef boy? You, are you, you, you like that segment? Don't you? I, I do. Yeah, but I came up with it. As long as, as long as you say that, I came up with it. You came up with it. Okay, thank you. Um, so I have I have one, but maybe it, I'm going I'm going to admit that a lot sometimes that will make me think of stuff is like listen to podcasts. So I have one ready to go but I think you have one too and it might be the same guy we don't know oh, we discussed it I know but it, it was a long time ago I forgot yeah it was, Saturday. It was Sunday it, it was Sunday that, that's a long time ago for me yeah, yeah. well you've been busy recently so hey man hey I've been waking up at 2.45 in the morning dude, to, to drive to Flippin' Tracy and, so, and, and if nobody knows where Tracy is you, you if, 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 if you have California it's the armpit of California so one of them I, I woke up at I woke up at 2.45 in the morning to be at Tracy at 4 in the morning so cut me some slack okay all right, no more. You're in my house. You don't put me down in my house. Whose house? Run's house. Okay, go ahead. JBL. Well, didn't we just talk about JBL? Right. Well, that was who we said we were going to put up. I, I think. I think. I think we kind of moratorium on JBL. Well, yeah, because we already talked. About, I don't want. To, I don't. Right, I don't right. want this to be the JBL show. Right, he's, he's such enough as it is. Okay. Oh, so now, okay. Uh, Vince Russo. Do you want me to go into detail, or you want me to just like lay a verdict right now? Uh, why don't you do both? Okay, jabroni. Um, so first of all, why don't you explain what the what our all right? The premise here is you take a guy and say you know whether he was a, a jabroni, a total job, or someone that sucked, or if we're saying that he is a chef boyer di ravioli, we're not saying this guy's a legend, but just like a contributing passable member to the wrestling community. Um, I'm I'm going jabroni on uh, on Vince Russo. You didn't even bat an eye about it. Did I did not bat an eye. I, I don't like people like Vince Russo, um, who who they're 
revisionist historians, right? They go through, they, they do all this stuff, and then 20 years later, they come back and everything was somebody else's fault, and they had no faults, and they didn't do anything wrong. I think he ran minimum two, maybe three different wrestling promotions pretty close to into the ground. Um, Except for WWE. Right, but he set it back. Yeah. You, you think you think he set it back? I think he did good. I think he got a short burst for it, but not something that was sustainable. And then he tried to take way too much credit for what happened, right? Basically saying, like, he made Steve Austin and he made The Rock. And then he was able to parlay that into telling WCW that, you know, he made those guys. Therefore, if they hire him, like, he can he can make everybody in WCW. And then the thing, the thing didn't work. And then he's going to turn around and blame everybody else that was involved. Um, so he was on – I listened to a Stone Cold – the Stone Cold podcast today, where he, where they're talking about there's a change in wrestling, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I might get this wrong, but this is what I heard: is that he said that he never put himself in the ring, you know, like like he never he never made himself a part, character a character or part of the matches, which is total garbage. Just, because I think at one time he was a WCW champion for like a quick second, so I, I found that funny as well. Right? Or is he trying to claim somebody else came up with that no, idea? No, he he because he he was just talking he was talking about how like. You know the the, the, rest, the wrestlers of today—they're not the physical freaks that they were before. And he's like, he's like, and don't bring up steroids as well because I can tell people that aren't working out in the ring, right? And th- there is some credence. So here's like my take on on Russo. I'm gonna call him the jabroni, but I think he has a mind for the business. He just can't read his own press clippings. And the person that writes his press cl- clippings is himself because he was once a writer for the WWF magazine and he parlayed that into being a to being a booker on, on WWE. So I I I I think he has a lot of good ideas, but at the same time like he's never been able to make it on his own. And his ego is so big that he can't see how he's affecting his own business, but then he can turn around and criticize the business that he supposedly made unto himself. So yeah, I, th- I think he, I think he's a I think he's a jabroni. Is there anything else you want to add? Because I I, I have I have I have discussion uh, B. Yeah. I, there's another guy that I want to talk about. No, I do want to add something that he comes in and takes pot shots at a lot of guys, but very specifically Kevin Owens frequently. And I think this guy couldn't be more wrong. And I think week in and week out, I think he's proved how wrong he is about saying like you know Kevin Owens like is, Kevin Owens is slow in the ring is what he's always saying it's like this guy so all the other elements that he wants to come and say is what makes a great wrestling like charisma ability to talk things like that Owens has them all the only thing Owens doesn't have is a great physique but I don't think anybody cares except but Russo is so hung up on the idea that Owens is bad Owens is pretty much what's all what all is right with wrestling at this point in time and I just think it's a stupid hill to die on um, when you have a guy that's that's very talented like Owens, a unique individual, a unique look even, and and he's kind of you know trying to crap on you know the sameness of wrestling or whatever, and that that's a guy that you should be holding up and saying this guy's a success story, making it to the heights that he has in WWE instead of picking that guy. There's so many guys that you could point out in WWE and say that guy doesn't deserve a spot or whatever. And I think you're you're barking up the wrong tree going after Owens. But I think Russo is in love with the whole, like he has his own formula for what makes a wrestler successful, right? 
even though he's been he's never been able to create a star. And he what he's done is he's buried stars and guys that were successful when he came in, he's found ways to bury them as well. Because through his not because he wanted to bury him, but just because his ideas were so bad that he ends up burying him. But I think he I think he fell in love with the whole nineteen eighties era of like these big three hundred pound muscle physique guys. And though to him that's what a wrestler is. Like so he needs to have charisma, he needs to have a body, and he needs to have, you know, the look. And he needs to you know he needs to wrestle somewhat somewhat decent and sell tickets. So I agree with four out of those five things, except for the look. I mean, the whole thing is like, you could take Kevin Owens as a perfect example. Kevin Owens, you know, has everything else except for the look, but I can get past the look because the guy's a good wrestler, right? Samoa Joe's the same way. Samoa Joe has a little bit something because you can say that he's probably more physical, physically dominating than, than other people are. But if, if you're going to, if you're going to say like, say like a like guy like Daniel Bryan can never get over, or and I don't know, like, because I'm looking at Daniel Bryan, I'm looking at like, like a CM Punk guys that change the wrestling industry even like a guy like nakamura nakamura is no great shakes right you know it's not like you look at him like man like this guy's an athlete right like i think you look at okada and say like this guy's like a premier athlete nakamura's not but you put them put him in the ring and he's magic right so then that's just kind of like the whole thing is like you had all you so you had everybody fit your criteria that you had right when you went to wcw you had guys that, that fit your criteria sean stasiak right that was a guy that that you could have went to the moon with right but you couldn't put him over why because he couldn't do it in the ring. So if you, if you miss that key element of like, do people like him in the ring? Does he perform in the ring? And then he, he does all these other four or five things, but he doesn't have the body, so he's not going to do it. And you, you'd miss out on a guy like Kevin Owens? Forget it, dude. And Stasiak had no charisma on top of it. But he had the look, right? Right. And, and they tried to push him, and it didn't work. So there we go. Right? Uh, no, no, I think, I, think we're, I, think, I think we had a good conversation. Wait, was, well, was well, there okay, a B-side yeah. to that? Or? There, there is a B-side. So maybe, maybe we do it. Let's do it. So we have Vince Russo, Eric Bischoff. Chef Boyardee Ravioli. 100%. Okay, and for me, he's the polar opposite of, of Vince Russo because he, he was an arrogant guy in his time. He had that label. He had that label of kind of being a dick. But I think that if you, if you listen to any Eric Bischoff interview today, any Eric Bischoff podcast today, like, he will very honestly tell you, these are the things that I think I did well, and these are the areas where I messed up. And you don't see him going around pointing the finger at anybody. Like, he'll say, well, you know, he'll say what other people did, but he'll also always bring it back to, I didn't see it coming, or I thought there was going to be a different result, or I booked this incorrectly. And so I think you get a very honest assessment out of everything that, that Eric Bischoff does. Or says when he's going retrospective about WCW and his time in WWF. And is is he can he be held accountable for the mistakes that he made? And and I mean he can be, but what I'm saying like at that moment in time, you look at everything that he accomplished in a short amount of time, he reinvented he reinvented wrestling to you know, and he he made wrestling. He did that. He was that transition. He had the golden age of wrestling in the eighties. You know, just like he had the golden age of wrestling in the seventies and the sixties. I mean, he created the golden age of wrestling in the nineties, right? He started. I mean, he started all the things that that worked back then and work kind of now. He's the one that kind of laid the foundation for it, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And we we credit to Hulk Hogan, but if you really look at it, it's like it's, it's yeah. what you know Bischoff did, right? And it's what we said before. Him and the NWO laid the groundwork for. 
attitude era. Like they started the attitude era. That was like a counter that was WWF's countermeasure to what WCW did. It forced them to create these new stars. So, I mean, he is the guy that made WWF number two, the number two wrestling promotion in America for a couple of years. So not only does he he takes over this he takes over this company that was run by a bunch of old hands and never made money. Now all of a sudden, not only is he making money for them, but he you know he comes along d- during the time of the Time Warner AOL merger, right? Mm-hmm. Where just a, there's a ton of money going exchanging hands, and I'm not saying that he was he was that show was so hot. That you didn't need Time Warner and AOL to merge for for that show to be hot. I mean, like you look at the assets during that time. That's definitely an asset. That was like the that was like the number one cable, number one rated cable program, you know, right. in, in the world, right? Mm-hmm. And and so you don't think they're not looking at that, but that's and so you look at the things that he had to combat as well, you know, where he had to fight with corporate and stuff. And it's just a case where it's like, look, the guy the guy worked hard. He got successful real fast. And he made mistakes. I mean, he made a lot of mistakes, but can he be held accountable for that? I don't know if he can. I mean, people people well, I, deal with success in different ways. Yeah. Well, I think he can, but I but that's that's the reason why I like him. He does hold himself accountable. He's not pointing the finger. Yeah, yeah. He comes out and he says, you know, this, well, well, this well, is where I made a mistake. Yeah, and, and I, 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 I think it's a case where like he didn't willingly make a mistake. I mean, you can really look back at his stuff, and I'm not saying like you know he's, you know, f- you know foolproof. But the, the whole thing is like the mistakes that he made was this it's ne- it was it never happened before and he was he got successful real fast right and how and how you know and how do you deal with those mistakes and the whole thing is like i think if you listen if you listen to a a podcast with, with Bischoff or you watch this dvd you know and 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 you're in a stage of your life where you're really starting to take off with everything like that and your career's taken off and you feel like you're untouchable watch, watch that dvd because it can be taken away from you in a second and, and, and it's like, you know, it's, it's like a learning process. So, you know, I, I, I get, you know, I, I think, I think he's, a, I think he's a great interview. I, th- I, th- I think he's a fascinating character. And the whole thing is that, you know, he did business for the WWE. You know I mean? He didn't, he wasn't trying to take, you know, his, he knew what, exactly what his role was. He played it in WWE and I thought he did a good job with it as well. And, and, you know, I don't think, I don't think there's, I think they've been trying to capture that, that heel type commissioner, you know, for a long time. You know, since McMahon had it, I think Bischoff stepped into it very well. I mean, he's not as good as McMahon was because I don't think he was allowed to be, but he stepped into it very well, and they've been trying to recover something like that ever since, and it's not working. All right, all right. Are we ready for uh, ready for uh, segment number two? <coughs> this is this is where what, what do we call this? This is the uh, the Ultimate Warrior segment. Yeah, where we play where we play promos. Yes. Yeah, and and, and, and we just kind of laugh. We try to decipher. The hell's going on? Yeah, so we—I I don't listen to these ahead of time. So um, <laughs> let's try this one. This one's short, so hopefully it'll, it'll be fine. I've always believed in personal fitness, and this is why they shall follow me to the Personal Fitness Expo, June 15th at the Taj Mahal. From there, we shall march into what is and what shall be the premiere of the World Bodybuilding Federation Championship, and witness the greatest bodybuilders of all time. There we go. The, the premiere? So, did he mean like the actual like premiere of it, or like it was like the premiere event? I gotta believe he butchered. Uh, at least three different parts of that read. I'm guessing he got the name of the promotion wrong. 
Uh, I don't even know. Is, is the Taj Mahal, is that the one that's in Vegas? Or? <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that is the other thing that I'm pretty sure. You make it seem like uh, they, they went to India or something. What about the sands? You know, like, I mean, they go to the sands. They, yes. should, go, they should go to the Tangiers. The Tangiers. Yeah. <laughs> so you mean to tell me that if I go into the restaurant and order the sandwich that I always get, I can't do it? I'll be blackballed? Yeah, you, you can't go in there. Nikki. <laughs> What if I want to have that sandwich that I like so much? No, you can't do it. <laughs> You're on the list with, with Al Capone. <laughs> well, what am I going to do? Well, F it. <laughs> then he goes on a killing spree. Okay. All right. I'm surprised you didn't counter back with it. No, because I'm thinking. The, the fallop Frankie and stuff. And no, no, <laughs> watch no, your step there. <laughs> no, I'm, I, I was thinking because I, I, I had to, on the fly, come up with my... my uh, my low spot segment. Okay. But well, I, okay, you have one. I do. Okay. Okay, so I haven't, luckily I haven't seen it so much recently. It, it, it rears its ugly head uh, periodically. Um, but in tag team matches, when you have like that baby face that's just struggling to make that, that hot tag, and then like right when he's getting there, um, you know, the heel enters the ring and the referee runs over, and then the baby face team and they make the tag and then the referee turns around and he comes and he, he won't allow the tag but 100% of the time while that referee is holding is trying to get that guy out of the ring the heel team makes a tag which the referee clearly didn't see and he, he, and he yeah. turns around and he goes <laughs> and, and he allows the tag <laughs> I, like the, I like the clip you can't see the clip like I, I'm going to disagree I, I like that spot you like that spot I like that spot yeah why, why do you like that spot because it's 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 just comical, right? I mean, and the whole thing is like it, it does the job, right? Like you're you're supposed to be upset that they allow the heel team to win, or the heel team to, to get over with with breaking the rules. But the usually what what you seem to forget is that they will like they will over accentuate that tag. So he hears it, but he doesn't see it. But he hears it, and that's what he does. That's why he does the whole like clapping. He's like, oh, because I heard it, right? right? But you're not. But as as Gorilla Monsoon would always say, you you can't you gotta you can't call what you don't see, Jess. Well, right. If he doesn't, if that referee, the whole premise, the whole thing, the whole reason why he's forcing <laughs> that babyface guy out of the ring is because he didn't see the tag. Yeah. So if he didn't see the other tag, why is within five seconds? But I like the spot. Uh, I think that's a good I, spot. I, I, I enjoy it. I don't. The the, the only thing is the, the problem that I have is a uh, who's the dude from uh from DIY. Uh, Champa. Champa. Yeah. So with the, my the leg slap with the leg slaps. I like every single time that Champa does that leg slap. I'm surprised that he's not the referee doesn't allow that tag. That's such a, a loud slap. Yes. That that that's 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 quickly becoming one of my uh, one of one of my one of my low spots. All right. One of my one, one of these days I'll let you go off. Oh, well, you're not going to let me go off right now. Oh, okay. no, we'll, 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 we'll table it. We'll table. We'll table. Yeah. Yeah. It, it deserves its own proper it, time. It, it's it suits you, Hakeem Olajuwon. It suits you. Like um, the Spaldings. Huh? Like the Spaldings. I, I was I was talking about big and tall. Remember? Right. But uh, I was talking about. How Hakeem Olajuwon sponsor was Spalding. Oh yeah, 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 okay. Just like your boy uh, Lafonso Ellis sponsor was hey, Pony. Hey, don't don't mess with Lafonso Ellis. Lafonso Ellis. You had those ponies? No, I didn't have. Them <laughs> no, ponies. Didn't. All I'm saying is Lafonso Ellis was one. Of the, he was one of the best basketball players I've ever seen. And it, it was a tragedy what happened to his knees. He developed holes in his knees, just like random holes in his knees. Like, really, they were that bad? Yeah, like they're, they're like I, I remember like I, I was I never I never listened to sports talk radio, but for some reason. I was visiting you in in San Luis Obispo, and I and I think you might have you're I think you were in the car with me and, and we were listening to sports talk and I think 
maybe you kind of didn't remember the the interview because maybe maybe something maybe you were looking for your friend Brad. You know, maybe you and Brad were like looking at something, but you know, there's a reason why you didn't remember that interview. Granted, it was in college. I don't know if you're getting mad at me right now. You're giving me this look that, that I go, me? I don't know about looking at something. I mean, maybe something that had been burning somewhere. <laughs> okay. Is that what you're implying? Yes. But but he said, like, yeah, he's like, there's holes. There's holes in my knees, and they don't know. You know, there's holes in my bone. Like, the bone has holes in them. And, we, and nobody knows why. They deteriorated so bad. That sucks. And, you know, yeah, like Lafonso. Yeah. That, that series he had against your, your boys, the, the Sonics. Where he, where he blocked the... Yeah, now, 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 you're, now you're getting personal. I'm just saying. I mean, that was that was one of the best five-game series I've ever seen. And Lafonso, in the last five minutes of that, of that game five... Number one Lafonso Willis highlight. The, the block... I think he blocked... Was, did he block Sean Kemp? There's one? I don't... If he did, I don't specifically any, recall that, but... Any Lafonso Willis block is the number one highlight. It, no, it, was the no, one, no. it was the one that was on the NBA Jam uh, 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 tape that I let you borrow way back when. Do you know specifically what I'm talking about? The one, the one where he blocks it and he just cradles the yeah, ball. He cupped, he like, yeah, he 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 met someone at the peak and then he cupped it and then he yeah. came down just like swinging the ball it was like cut between his hand and his forearm. Yeah. I don't think that was Sean, but that yeah, was, I don't think it was Sean. That was the number one Lafonso Ellis highlight of all time. My, I think it was, I think it might have been against Michael Cage. I think it, I think it was against Sean Kemp. I think Sean Kemp went up, Lafonso Ellis blocked him and sealed the game. That that by far, and that's when I was just like, this guy is the man. And then I became a huge. I still have a Lafonso poster in my in my back room over there. Nice. That's my boy. Okay. Um, what do you like about wrestling right now? Oni Lorcan. Like the great Oni? No. I don't know who Oni Lorcan is. Okay. So. Are you trying to throw me a curveball here? No, I. Look, 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 I just assumed, right I assumed you've been watching uh, NXT. Um, so Oni Lorcan um, on the Indies was known as Biff Busick. And he's been like kind of a kind of a job guy in NXT throughout the last like couple of months. He puts on really good matches. Like he's a smaller guy. I, I'm I'm guessing he's somewhere in the 200 pound range. Really explosive, really hard hitting. He does jobs all the time, but he's always putting on very good matches. And then um, last week he finally he beat he beat uh, the Drifter. Not, no, El Vagabundo. Is that, is that the... That's the Drifter with the Luchador mask. <laughs> okay. Right? Because remember, right. he... he what about the Drifter point? lost a loser leave town match, okay. and then the next week he came back wearing a Luchador mask labeled as El Vagabundo, and he fought Oni Lorcan. And that was the first time I've actually seen Oni Lorcan win. <coughs> but he... He's not dying right now. It's a, it's a, it's a stupid name, yeah. but... And he doesn't have a great look to me either, but I think he puts on good entertaining matches. And then in this most recent NXT... He fought against uh, McIntyre and lost, but I thought I was I thought oh, that, that was, was good. Yeah, I okay. thought that was a really good match, and I thought he showed well. So, so, you know, I don't know what the plan is for this guy. I don't know what the ceiling is for him, to be honest. But like, in terms of like, he's he's an elite level job guy right now who has a potential for me to be. Is he a George South? You know, you're always talking about George South. I can't say I've <laughs> honestly ever seen a George South match, but I'll what? say. He, he, he was that one dude that, that, that did a one-off in Survivor Series, remember? I, yeah, I, I, I don't. <laughs> but, but you do remember him. No, I, I remember the name and that's it. Yeah. I'll just say for Lorcan. What was his name? I don't remember his name. I remember him. Like, he could, I think he could have a solid run. <laughs> he as, just told he glossed that over. You don't even want to answer I, that I question. I think I've, I've said, I, the, I remember the name George South and you talking no, about No, 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 I, no, I'm talking about, 
<laughs> you hear like it, he's getting pissed off over I know. I, was, I, I thought you were still. I was trying to block off your idea of talking about George South. No, no, I'm not. No, I'm talking okay. about the completely different guy. Can we talk about? You remember that one Survivor Series back in 1989, where it was like this guy that nobody knew about because like someone, someone like no showed, and this guy showed up and like he showed really well. Like, like, dude, who is this guy? I like this guy a lot, and you never heard from him again. No, I don't remember. <laughs> okay. We talked about a soccer practice. We didn't soccer practice one time. <laughs> okay. Good. Only Lorcan. Go ahead. Yeah, I know. Maybe his name was, was Bobby Lorcan. I don't know. Go ahead. <laughs> music. So, hey, yeah. Anyway. I, I like I like Only Lorcan. I, I think if he is if he is under 205 and they decide to put him into that Cruiserweight show, I think he could do very well. I think he could be a pretty good enhancement talent if he makes it up um, to Raw or SmackDown. I don't necessarily know what his ceiling is, but I like the matches he puts on. He's better than Nochin, right? Oh, I'm sorry. My, okay. my bad. Well, what do you like about wrestling? Well, George South? No, I like George South. Um, not, uh, Drew McIntyre. So here's the thing, right? Didn't I, good. What? Sorry. Well, didn't, well, you said Drew McIntyre last week, right? I think I did, but continue. Talk about Wait, Drew do, McIntyre. Do, do, you think, do you think that I'm going to mirror the same thing that you said last week? Absolutely not. Talk about okay. Drew McIntyre. All right, and that, that, that's hurtful. You know, that's hurtful what you're doing right now. You know, I'm sorry. South, I'm sorry I kept on bringing up George South, but, you know, get over it, dude. And I wasn't talking about George South. I was talking about that dude that we talked about way back when we were nine years old, and we can't remember who this guy is. No, this is what I like about Drew McIntyre, right? So I didn't watch the match. I watched, like, the last five minutes of that match. I didn't not even watch it because I was doing something else. It was in the background, right? It was like the music, right, that you listen to when you listen to Michael Cole. You see how I bring everything back together, you know? Full circle. Full circle, yeah. I'm very good at doing that. But he gets on the mic and cuts a decent promo, like a, a good promo, right? And the whole thing is like, I don't need to watch his – what I like about it is I don't need to watch his match to know that he's good. I already know he's good. But it's, it's the progress that I'm seeing in just one segment where he cuts this promo. It was the best promo that he ever cut since he's been in, w, in the WWE – family and, and i'm kind of starting going like well how come they can't do that with what's his name i mean how come how come the other dude the other guy the three-man band how come he's not how come he didn't spend any time in the nxt slater not slater the other guy gender gender yeah i mean gender gender can make a killer in nxt but uh, I, th I think they're gonna play right by drew mcintyre and you know what i, I look very if they're if they are pumping a bobby Roode versus you know, Drew McIntyre feud. That's a that's a feud that I want to see. That that has potential to be a great feud. That's I like the potential of the feud and the potential that Drew McIntyre can be better and be a viable option on Raw. That's what I like about wrestling right now. What do you like about wrestling right now? Right in your coattail. Yeah. You stink at that. Let me see. What else do I that like? That was my Rick Martel for the people at home. Yes. Um Don't look at the don't look at that ceiling. I'm, don't not, do I'm, it. I'm looking at the floor. Okay. Very specifically looking at the floor. Um man. I'm getting stuck here. Uh, it, it doesn't have to be groundbreaking. Yeah, no, I, I, I mean, I already said I like the, yeah, uh, we both we said we said both we said all these things. Um, all these things we're saying. I like the potential for Bray Wyatt to make an impact back on Raw, and do it on his own. So they switched him back to Raw in the, in the shakeup or the shakedown, depending on how you look at it. We have to get down. And they didn't bring over, apparently, any of the other possible Wyatt family people. So I want to see if this guy can go and make a name for himself on his own and, and, and cause some havoc. I think there's a big void now. I mean, I think it's essentially you traded him for Kevin Owens is, is what I would say. Now, he has to fill that Kevin Owens spot. I think he has the ability to. Um, I want to see how he does with it. Um, so that's, that's what I like. I, I like the idea here because I think... 
it's kind of like a, <coughs> I'll make this comparison um, from my workplace, where it's like, a, oh, here we go. <clears throat> there's this person that was promoted from being a teacher to being an administrator. And nine times out of 10, when they do a promotion like that, they put the person at a different campus. Um, because you put him in a new environment, there's, you know, he's not buddy-buddy with these people, right? And I think, like, um, you, if you bring him over with all the same people, like, it's, it's just not going to work right. But you put him in a new environment, um, it, it can make a lot of waves. Okay. And I think I think he's got a better chance to be successful doing that on his own. So the administrator, did they get put into your school? Or did they go to another campus? He, he was promoted within the school, and then all of a sudden, like... So that was a comparison just there. Yeah. Okay, it, I, it, I thought you were saying... Okay. It was bad. It's bad. It's bad because he went to another campus? No, because so he's he still there. He, now he's a boss of a bunch of people that he was friends with before. Oh, no, wait, I, I don't want you to get in trouble. I mean... There you go. Yeah, I, I don't want to start a paper trail. Um, or an audio trail. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't this know. Is a secure location. I, I don't know who you are, dude. I, yes. don't, I, I don't know you. If someone else came in. It's a different person I'm talking to right now. Yes. What do you like about wrestling? Oh, thanks, man. That was El Vagabundo. <laughs> well, I, that was pretty funny. I like that El Vagabundo. That I, I gotta watch it now because that that makes me laugh. Anyways, uh, I like. Believe it or not, I liked the cruiserweight match on Raw this week with Neville. Neville wasn't in it. But you had Neville, uh, who's that other guy, TJ? Yeah, it was, it was Neville Tucker. against uh, TJ Perkins. It was, no, it wasn't Neville versus TJ Perkins. It was TJ Perkins versus Austin Aries. Oh, yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. No, that, that was a good match. I mean, I'm, I'm glad that. And then this other thing, too, is like, you know, like when TJ Perkins faces, faced Nakamura in NXT, I thought, I was like, okay, Perkins has something. Now, the heel turn by TJ Perkins might be a little bit contrived, but I don't like Perkins, right? Like, I don't like Perkins as a face. Right, I, I think his dab is stupid. I, you know, I like. I think his shirts are cool, but I mean, the whole like, just you know, just the, his whole disposition just really doesn't work for me. But he's very good in the ring, and what he did against Nakamura, I really liked. Just kind of playing that heel type of role, I really liked that. If he can take that and do that in the ring, now instead of having a bunch of guys that are trying to play heel or trying to play face, for the first time you have like Neville's the guy that is is playing the heel but he's doing a good job at it like he's not comical doing it anymore like he you you legitimately believe that he's a heel because of what austin aries is doing right mm-hmm. austin aries is so good can, can you believe i just said that yes austin aries is so good of a character that he brings out he, he makes people around him better and if if tj perkins can rub off of that and then and i get good matches in the process like i did with austin aries versus tj perkins that's what i like about wrestling what do you like about wrestling I I don't know if I I don't know if I like it, but I'm gonna again I'm gonna I'm gonna hold hope for the potential that Miz can carry on all the good things he was doing on SmackDown to Raw. I, I'm skeptical because I think Miz really found his niche on SmackDown, um, but now putting him on Raw, I want to see if he can carry that over. He's been I think doing his best work of his career over the last six months. I think Maurice is doing the best work of her career too. I mean, you, you combine these two together, and Maurice on the outside of the ring, is it's, it's been good. I mean, it's it's just a good, you know, it's, it's a good combo. You're right. I, I think I think he can carry it over. And, I think he can. And and he, I, I, he, he, I think he's booked right. Yeah. Yeah. Like. Yeah. But he, I he, think he needs a haircut. But yeah. Yeah, but I just think like, with with the. Uh, 
with the roster that they had in SmackDown, it allowed him to flourish. And I don't want to see him get lost in the shuffle and Raw, but if they continue to give him a prominent role and let him do what he's doing, I think he's, he's going to do a good job. He's been, he's been doing very well. What do you like about wrestling? Um, I don't know if we said this. I don't think we have, but the revival. And I really, I, I it's they they transitioned really well. I felt New Day was 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 a good idea to put them with in the beginning, and I'm ready to see some tag team wrestling again. I, I don't know, I'm I don't know if they're on. They're still probably on Raw, right? Right. Yeah. So I don't know if the, if the teams are there for Raw. Like I mean, you you know, and you you spoke about it a little bit last week. It's like you put them with American Alpha, and all of a sudden you have you have an instant classic, right? I don't know if there's anybody on that roster where where they can do that with that tag team, you know, with the way the tag team division is over on Raw. But it was nice to see these guys have their match against a group like the New Day, which, New, listen, New Day has good wrestlers, right? But they're, you would never say that they're like textbook technician wrestlers like the, like the, like the Revival is. And, and the, Kofi. Kofi is, but Kofi, they didn't fight Kofi right, this right. time, you know. And, and but you know uh, Xavier Shine, I thought Xavier was very was very good in that match, and and you know Biggie was as well. What made tag teams to me always good was that okay, you could put two technical tag teams together, and they could have a like they could have a clinic, right? And that's one of the things that NXT does well is that you have you have clinic type tag teams, and they blow you away. But I go back to say. Um, Arn Anderson and Tolly Blanchard versus Barry Windham and Lex Luger. Right now, Barry Windham could go, but no way was he an established tag team person. But Tolly and Arn were so good that they could have a match with anybody. Even like someone like the Road Warriors, right? Like Road Warriors did one match, but Tolly and Arn could do a, a wrestling match around that. Same thing with Midnight Express, right? Midnight Express. I, I was never a big fan of the Rock and Roll Express. I think the Midnight Express should have been put in the put in the WWE Hall of Fame for the Rock and Roll Express, but. Those type of tag teams, they, they could have a match with any team, and it'd be a very in- interesting tag team match because these two guys were so good, and they could manipulate things so much that you wanted, you know, you wanted to see them win or you wanted to see them lose. And I think the revival has that. I, I was I was hesitant when they first came on because you have they're in the land of giants, but if they can put on matches with the new day where they're entertaining, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a process. Let's see how they do against Sheamus and Cesaro. I remember those two guys' names this time. <laughs> But I mean, I agree, or, but 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 that's like you know that's kind of like the whole thing is like let's see how they do let's see how they do with Enzo and Cass let's see how they do you know let's see how they, I think you know Gallows you know Guns and Gallows I think that's a perfect match right there yeah so it, it'll be interesting well, Hardy Boys still there too Hardy Boys are there as well they're they're, they're yeah so the, you know yeah there are tag teams there but I think they passed the first test I mean the, the New Day is probably the weakest tag team out of out of out of all those guys we just mentioned they have a ton of charisma and if they were if they were tag team champions then you know. When they were tag team champions in the New Day, they were, they were good. Well, now it's, you know they haven't really been wrestling that much, so the ring rust has kind of whatever. But I, I like that. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything else that you like about wrestling right now? Yeah, and I don't know exactly how I'm gonna frame it. Um, so I want to say that I like the Ingobernables. Yes. But I also want to frame it into the match that was on Axis between Bushi and Kushida. Now I'm not like a huge Kushida mark. I like Kushida, but I really respect the way that Kushida has carried that um, junior heavyweight um, championship for maybe close to a year, and he's fought everybody, and he's put on good matches with a lot of guys. Um, I like everybody in Ingo Bernables, and I really, I like Bushi. Like, um, 
I just like I liked him from the beginning before I really saw him wrestle too much, and now the more I've seen him wrestle, like the more I really like him. But they put on a great match together, and I think Kushida did the business the right way to drop the belt to to Bushi. And um, I just think the whole um, Los Ingo Bernables gimmick is working well, and I think it's the right idea to put gold on these guys. And 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 Bushi's a deserving guy to be a, a junior heavyweight champion over there. And uh, I thought I just thought it was a really good match. And and I want to give credit to Kushida for the way he carried that belt. Um, I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of Kushida. Like I respect what he does, but I'm in no way am I a fan of the guy. I think he's really kind of cornball-y and just kind of just stupid. But I, I think he's really good in the ring. Just, just like most of the guys in New Japan. Like, their gimmicks are dumb. What I liked about it, though, was that there was interference, right, by all three guys, or all two guys. And then the match went on for another 10, 15 minutes. Like, it could they could have taken the easy way out of, like, oh, interference, so Bushi wins. Well, there was another 10, 15 minutes, and Kushida shined in that match and really showed off what Bushi could do. So, yeah, it, it, it was a good match, and, yeah. Very good. Very good pull. Yes. Thank you. Uh, uh, <clears throat> I'm going to cough like you. So I could cough and that will kill some time. Um, should, I, should I ask the question? Should you Should you ask the question? Should you ask? Yeah. Yeah, okay. ask the question. What do you like about wrestling? Tamina. I'm glad she's back. <laughs> I was, was, was going to bring that up. But go yeah, ahead. but I, I don't know if she is back. But, it, you know, whatever it is. You know what? It's It's... I like that Tamina's back. Um, I really, I'm really becoming, and I'm going to say when I'm really becoming. I wouldn't say a Nia Jax believer, but I like Nia Jax. I, th- I think she, I think she's transitioned well, um, you know. And I think she's going to be kind of a benchmark of like, okay, you talk about dominant women because most times like you have a big woman, right? And it's like, well, you know, most of the time they're, they're not that athletic. You know, they're 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 big and, and they do it, but. I like how I start with Tamina. I think Tamina was the archetype of the whole thing. And I think Nia Jax is like Tamina like 5.0, right? So I, I just, I'm glad she's back at the same time. Like, I, I, I want to see what Tamina can do. And they're playing her the right way. And there we go. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad Tamina's back. And I think, as I just, the, the thing is, I think Tamina was and should have been this dominant figure that was booked correctly. And if you beat, Tamina, then that should have meant something, and they got away from that. And I think maybe they learned that mistake with Naya, and they protected Naya a lot better. Hopefully, with this this whatever run Tamina gets, they they treat her the way that Naya is treated on on Raw, and it should mean something when she gets beaten. Okay, are we done? I think so. All right, uh, we have uh, better have my Jones over here on Bad News Ramen. Uh, we have done a podcast back to back. And then, and then we're gonna we're, we're doing like the Roger Craig and Jerry Rice or something back to back. <laughs> that would be the, the three P. Yeah. Should we call it three P? Yeah, that's that, that so bad. Yeah. Roger Craig, I feel sorry for that guy. All right, Muna Scale, and uh, we are out. While you look at your phone, anything else? No, I think that's about it. All right, good. Hey, hey yeah. Thanks, thanks for joining us over there. Yeah, you can get back on your phone, son. All right, Muna Scale, and we're out. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get down. Get down. Get down. No doubt, ninety-five. Oh, I'm a little with a little with this, and 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 a little with this, and
the gumptions to make your conjunction function. So, honey, get it straight. I'll be on your roll up. They just skate. My stops was fast like a rise. Then they get you itching. My flow was crisp like a